forever. You gotta get with my gay, get with my gay, get last forever. Friendship never ends. If you wanna be my lover, you have got to give it up. Make it is too easy, but that's the way it is. So when you think about that, now you know how I feel. Saying you can handle my love, are you for? Are you for? I won't be hesitant. I'll give you a try. If you really bug me, then say goodbye. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 58. Oh, yeah. Good old 58. Menace opened you guys up with a little... Yeah, a little throwback. Throwback Thursday on a Tuesday. Tossback Tuesday. Shut up. Well, we've talked about this. It's a Tossback Tuesday. Oh, shit what it is. It's a throwback Thursday on a Tuesday. Something I was going to post, and it's going to be my Tossback Tuesday post okay. after we finish this episode, because it's tough to do during the episode, is um really funny story. When you were telling that story with when you and Sal went to the beach, and a gentleman tried to pick you up. Yep. I, I laugh at that story when I hear it. It's a good one. Six, Dan. Yeah. Here's a Tossback Tuesday for you. Eight years ago today, Diego Brandau almost broke off my fucking arm. Eight years ago today? Yeah. This is December 3rd. Really? Yeah. Interesting. 2011? Right? Yeah. Carry the one. How did he almost break off your arm with an arm? Well, I fucking molly whopped him. Whammo! Punched right in the kisser. He falls down like a sack of potatoes. I'm like, oh yeah, baby. I'm going to murder this man right here in front of thousands of people. Tens of thousands. Yep. Maybe and even fucking, it was Ultimate Fighter finale. So and here's what happened. Millions might have been watching. Here's what actually. happened. It, I was like, I was punching him like one, two, one, two. And I was like, you know what? These are hitting hard enough. Let me hold him so I could really wind up and really start sending him. And he was like. I landed like two of those. He was like, let me have the arm you're hanging on to me. Oh, you didn't get the memo that I'm Brazilian? Yeah. And from that day on, I was like, you know what? I should probably start taking jujitsu more seriously. Because that, what just happened to me, is never happening again. And it never did. And you started taking jujitsu way more seriously after that. Yeah. And now you've got your one stripe on your white belt. So look at all the advancements you made. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so this one white, what this one stripe on my white belt is like hearsay. Because mm-hmm. I actually don't own a belt greg just says like yes you are a one stripe white belt yes oh you never officially no i never actually i never actually had a belt in my hand and watched the tape go around it and like oh yeah this is <laughs> i actually don't even own a gi yeah so if there's any sponsors out there that want to sponsor the menace of gi let me know and i'll wear it maybe i'll start fucking getting into jiu-jitsu dude will you wear it though is the question yeah to sleep and like to cut the grass Ooh, that'd be fucking funny. Nah, I would definitely take it into the, the onto the mats and fucking. But if like you started doing other life stuff with it, and then you <laughs> have like a video of like you cutting your grass and like Gilbert Burns show up and give you a piece of tape, you know? Yeah. Or I'm like grocery shopping. Yeah. yeah. You bump into deep one, deep like, hey man, <laughs> give you a stripe. That would actually be pretty funny. I like it. So yeah. But jujitsu is a very serious sport, and I feel like uh, I don't know. Like Some might, people I, might take offense to yeah. it. Yeah, but at the same time, it'd be funny. Would you not fuck up a, right. a two stripe white right. belt? You know, right. a three stripe right. white belt. Well, no, the the with the, gi moves. The people that would find it offensive, I think, that might know that I'm actually not shabby. Yeah, I don't. Th- I can't yeah. see anyone finding it offensive. Well, 
I think everyone would see the humor in that. Listen, a lot of people just want to complain and be upset about things, and I don't think that that's jujitsu people. You think? Anyone out like, there? Hang on. A lot of jiu-jitsu people are really into like... Any of you black belts out there that want to give menace a stripe, just show up to uh, where do you grocery shop? <laughs> Target. <laughs> <laughs> show up to Target on Long Island. Can I just get a couple things, you know, while I'm getting actual other things that I need? Oh, that would be amazing if yeah. you got fucking promoted in Target. Yeah. I got promoted once at uh, Miller's Ale House. It happens, bro. Al Jermaine got promoted at a fucking barbecue. Right. But he wasn't in his gi at the barbecue. Yeah. he was. Oh, you're going to be in your gi at Target. That's what you... That was the point of the fucking the yeah, thing. Because I'm doing life things in my gi and random people come up and start giving me stripes. Okay. You okay. forgot your own skit? Yeah. Halfway through, you fucking stoner? I started, uh, well, I started Facebooking. Trying to upload some stuff before we get into what uh, we're going to call Doc right up, right? Yeah. He's waiting. All right, kick me Doc's digits. Oh, I actually have Doc's digits. Yeah, you should. You should, Stan. And then I just got to grab my book, actually. Does Doc still have the same digits? That's him? I, I yeah. We'll check it. Double check it real quick. I'm not double. That's it. How do you know he didn't change his number? Because I just called him on it. Oh, all right. Uh, hold on. Let me just grab my backpack real quick. Oh, my God. Why don't you go really? into another song for the people? Because they didn't come on here to hear. Bro, that's one of our biggest hits is when you sing. Songs. Really? Yeah. I think you're just fucking blowing smoke up my ass to. Not at all. Stan, you got some new kicks, dude? Yeah, I got some new kicks. What, on a, on a Black Friday Black deal? Friday. Really? Black Friday. You're out on Black Friday? No, I went out Black Friday weekend. And the deals are still happening? Yeah. Yeah, they are. They lie to you. Like, yeah, only today. Yeah. But and then like, hey, you no, came. the deals are different on Black Friday. Like on the actual Black Friday, you might get things a little cheaper. Have a little bit better of a selection. You might get there Black Friday weekend. They won't have your size. Or they might play some games like that. I'm just, listen. I'm not going shopping and being pushed around. It's not, it's not happening. I'm also not waiting in line. For something just to save, I don't know, a hundred bucks or whatever. I don't give a shit that much. Yeah. Now if it was a thousand dollars. What if it was like a sixty inch TV for like a hundred bucks? How big? No, huh? I got. Hang on. Someone was like, Dennis, you gonna go get a new TV for Black Friday? I'm like, I already have TVs. Like they don't go bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't get this like rush to go get a new TV every year. Like what are you doing with your old TVs? Playing video game. You ever see that one? Like, I've had my my one TV. I, I, both my my one TV that's downstairs I've had for over eight years. I'll have to put it up one Maybe day. Maybe not eight years. You ever like, see that one video where the guy completely fucking destroys his arm? He's sitting there playing video games and his something. He loses at the video game something and he completely destroys his fucking video game. He completely destroys like his whole fucking room. And then he's just breathing heavy like, fuck. Like, you can't believe he did that. You never seen this? I don't. Well, I've seen various, you know, videos where like a guy's watching his football team play, and yes. they fucking and he'll destroy lose, everything, and he just takes the fucking TV and smashes it. Like, well, this is a video game one where the guy's sitting at his screen, like streaming, I guess, and he just breaks his whole fucking room up. And then afterward, like you see him realizing, like, man, why did I do that? It's wild. Yeah. 
Stan, before I came here, guess what I was doing? Jay and your row? No, I was working out, bro. I don't know if you see the results. Lifting weights? It's like week fucking two of like. Working with Rob LaBianto at Long Island yeah, State Performance? Yeah, I am. Nice. Yep. I'm going to try something crazy tomorrow. What? I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and work out before I go to work. You'll be all right. Well, no. I mean, the hardest part of that is actually going like, okay. I'm removing myself from the bed. Yeah, I'm you got to go. wake up. That's the hardest yeah. part. All right, you ready to call Doc? Yep. If you want to be Whoa! Yo! Whoa! Doc, turn us horizontal. Oh, yeah, hold on. I got to adjust your so, camera here. So you don't just see Stan's fat ass. Whoa, what the fuck, Stan? Well, I guess I didn't adjust that camera. Dennis. Hi. You owe Misha a dollar. Why? There's a swear tax in this house. Oh. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. See, the funny thing. I heard uh, about 80 bucks. <laughs> wow. That's all year, though, which I think for me is a real improvement. Wow. Yeah. Swear tax. All right. Well, Doc Parsons, welcome back to Menace and the Man. Thank you, fellas. What's happening? Nothing much. We were just talking about uh, Menace getting back into working out. Yep. What are you weighing now? I actually, so I was in the gym. I have, like, on my layers that I wear at work because it's fucking cold. Oh, shit. Two dollars. <laughs> ah, three. Um, so, and, you know, one of the amateurs like, how much you weigh? I'm like, shut up. Probably not that much. He's like, let's get on the scale. I'm like, what's this, how much does the scale off? Like, a pound and a half? Like, yeah. I'm like, all right. So I get on there. And my buddy Hugh, Mc, Hugh McKenna is like, he's on it. He's watching, too. So I get on the scale, right, and I'm adjusting, and I'm, I'm like, whoa, this is not good. It was like at like 184. I'm like, no chance my 184. And then he was like, he like couldn't help it. He's like, I was stepping on the scale. I was like, you mother. <laughs> and then when he got on the scale, it went down to 174. Oh, uh, I was wondering maybe you grew, and that explained it. No. Well, that was like your walking weight, no? 174? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I feel like you're in good shape at 174. Ah. You start. You started camps higher than that. Yeah, yeah. We we started a couple camps at 180, 178-ish. 180-ish. Yeah. And are you, <laughs> yeah. you haven't trained at all. You work out. Yeah, I try to just lift and do aesthetic stock. You know. Yeah. You, you put your functional training years in. I think you're good. Ah, the thing is, when I lift with my buddy Rob, he makes me do functional stuff, and I like you know I just. But so my back's been jacked up probably because I haven't been stretching and, you know, and my body's like, oh, this is where we want it to be. Like, <laughs> like lock up. And I'm I sit a lot because like we're in trucks or we're in classrooms, yeah. you know, and then maybe just just think about chest and buys. Right. No. And then the, like the, the the logging boots I wear. So it's like my feet. It's like I'm up on like a like high heels kind of. Oh. So my back is so, but since I started lifting and like stretching, we're good. I'm well, yeah. back. I don't want to curse, but yeah, like uh, we had Gray Maynard on the show, and he was like, "Dennis, you're just into bodybuilding." S, and then he's like, "Every time I see you, you're just doing bodybuilding stuff." And Menace took a lot of offense to that. He's like, "No way! I, everything I do is super functional." <laughs> <laughs> what What does that actually mean that you're doing body? Are you not flipping a tire and hitting a sledgehammer today? Well, what does that mean? Bodybuilding. Well, bodybuilding is more like you're focusing on aesthetics, like muscles that kind of don't matter by themselves. So like a curl, like, you know, a bench press or like, you know, 
or or quad press or something like that where like actual functional movement is triple extension or you know muscles combining together to get a max results movement you know so olympic lifts and stuff like that and fair enough a little more functional than like so a we tricep. only get are we only going to talk about you or are we going to talk about me no, that was my next question. I was going to cut yeah. Dennis off and be like, so what have you been up to, Doc? Fucking <laughs> assholes. Uh, $4, $5. Uh. $5. You got Venmo over there? <laughs> yeah, how are you not remembering this? I'm keeping myself calm, not cursing. Uh. You, we curse a lot on this podcast, Doc. So we'll have to control it here. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Doc? Man, we're busy. Bad Guy Inc. is taking off. We're... Huge, blowing up. I watch Chael blowing every day. Up. So people that don't know, Bad Guy Inc. is the Chael Sonnen and Dot. You're silent in Bad Guy Inc., right? I'm behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm all behind. This is the only shine that I get, this podcast right here. Yeah. Well, well, you're the producer, right? Yeah, so Chael does everything on camera, and I do everything else, pretty much. So Bad Guy Inc. is going well. We're producing a ton of content on YouTube. Um, we are producing Submission Underground for Fight Pass. We have our next event, Submission Underground 10, on December 22nd. Oh, who do you got that night? I know you guys always have big main events. Yeah, Gordon Ryan's on that card. Uh, he's going up against Gonzaga. Ooh. So what? He's Craig, about Jones, Craig Jones is on the card, but we're still waiting to confirm his opponent, which should be today. It was Dean Lister. I think Dean got injured, uh, so now we're waiting to see who's going to step in. When is Gordon versus Bo Nickel? Isn't that this week or next week? I don't know. That's that's a great question. I know it's pretty soon, but these grappling guys are killing it right now because no one is punching them, so they can compete. Yeah. I don't know, ten to, however much you could go wrestle somebody is how right. they can compete. And they're getting paid for it, so good for them. Yes, and we talk about Gordon a lot on this show because he works out with uh, – my old wrestling coach and like Menace's buddy and Menace's old wrestling coach, he Kyle knows, He knows Casey. Oh, you know Kyle Seminara yeah. as well? Yeah. All day. Yeah, everyone in the wrestling community knows him. Well, I, no, he caught him and Doc cornered me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have clips waiting to upload about Henry Cejudo, Ben Askren, all like these high level guys that know, know Serm by first name or know him as Big Serm. Yeah. So it's like now we have the doc to add into that as well. Some legends in the game know Seminar. It's a it's a very small world. You're one half degree of separation from everybody. Dude, yes. hang on, Doc. Do we talk about what Kyle thinks of Ryan Gordon's physique? You always call him Ryan Gordon. Oh, Gordon Ryan. He's Gordon Ryan. Why? What does he think of his physique? What do I think? Right. <sighs> <laughs> Re refresh my memory I don't know that I've ever met Gordon Ryan Like how is he so ripped uh, Listen that's a loaded question I'm sure he, he's disciplined with his diet And he trains hard yeah. How does everyone get ripped Yeah yeah. I what? think you're hinting to Is he taking steroids and I don't <laughs> know I, I know that grappling world I don't think they test in it So I would imagine everyone's geared out of their gore But I am very new to the grappling world and actually, submission underground. I have nothing to do with the grapplers, so it's all the production side of things. But that's a great question. You probably know better than I do. 
I listen to. I just listen to you. With I watch a lot of Chael, and one of the funniest things that like stuck with me, even with Chael, he was like, "You could show me a guy, and I will tell you exactly what he's taking, how much he's taking, how often he's taking it." He's like, "That's who I am. That's how much I know." You know. I mean, listen. It's very common for guys to be using stuff. Right. One time, I thought Dennis was using it. I sent him a nasty text message. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Hang on, because I was hanging out next to uh, our jiu-jitsu coach Greg DiBasquale. He he's he was on TRT. He just like, you know. You were like, next to TRT Depot. And he was like flexing. And I was, I want to say I was flexing. just. Well, no, I was eating good. I was drinking. I, th- I want to say I was going through some like shit in my life. I think I was like breaking up with a girlfriend or something. Like that. So I was like constantly in the gym, like working out. And I was next to Greg, like equal in size. And he knows Greg was taking TRT. He's like, Dennis, there's something you want to tell me? <laughs> Guilt by association. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Doc, I would tell you, you know. Well, that was my favorite thing, too, that Chael said. Uh, He was like, man, when they busted me, he's like, I'm just happy for the stuff they didn't find. He's like, because I was on everything at that time. (laughs) I mean, drug testing got to the point that it was really more of an IQ test than a a drug test, right? Yeah. If you know you're going to be tested on October 9th at uh, 10 in the morning and you managed to fail that, yeah, yeah, that's an. IQ what are we thing. gonna say, Doc? Have you but paid? Drugs are, drugs are part of sports. Yes, yes, yeah. Doc, have you paid any attention to the PFL? I have not. No. no. So my our our close buddy Chris Wade competes in it, and he, he gets sure. you know he fought, he lost, and he comes and be like, dude, that guy was juiced out of his mind. You know, what yeah. I mean? like one one guy that is in the fight got caught, whatever, but he's yeah. like Dennis. Since fighting in the PFL, I only pissed night of competition. <laughs> and he's been in it now for two years. And I was kind of like, well, what are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> like, Listen, what? if you're not tested, you're incentivized to cheat, right? Right. Then there's the question of a level playing field. Is the assumption that everyone is taking it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. You know, I don't have a whole lot of experience. I did Dan Henderson's um, TRT way back when that was legal. I think he was the maybe the first or second guy to ever get it. And when we did it, I was so paranoid about messing up Dan's career that I spoke to the commission and the UFC before we started. We got him tested, and his levels were very, very low. I mean, off the charts, the wrong direction. So Dan started to take it, and then we would go there twice a week to, um, I think it was Quest Labs. So when it came time for him to go weigh in in the commission, I had a binder of every drug test that he had ever taken since we started, showing that his levels were never above a very moderate average level. He wasn't, you know, crazy by any means. And you didn't see a big change in his physique either. He didn't gain a bunch of weight. He wasn't extra ripped. He just kind of... One of the few guys to do it appropriately and just to get balanced. Yeah, Dan always looked the same from, like, his original UFC days to the day he retired. He had the same physique almost. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. He, he never varied. But then you have people but like as, Belfort that completely changed. Yeah, I mean, you could see the change in his body from his first appearance to the last. But, you know. And even now. He looks great now again. Yeah, well, he's fighting in one. Cha- he's supposed to be fighting in one championship soon, so he's oh. ba- he's back on whatever he wants to be on. I believe one championship has that drug test the night of, and that's it. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah it's not ter- it's not terribly effective. If someone's motivated and, and wants to get an edge and doesn't care about any ethical concern about it, if you're only testing the day before the fight, again, it's an IQ test. It's not a drug test. Yeah. But even back to before what I was saying, something that always makes me think of Ryan Parsons whenever I watch Chael. He, Chael always references his producer. Right. He, he, and he, he, he name drops you sometimes, and he'll talk about Ryan Parsons. Like one thing I was talking with Dennis – we were talking about the Pat Cummins story. Yeah. How you found, how you went to the drive, had to go to the drive-in to hand the phone like Dana White to Pat Cummins. <laughs> and he called we that. Had, we had a small window to make that happen. Yeah, he called that like, he said Pat Cummins had the toughest first fight in the UFC. Yeah, he's in that list. Yeah, well, he had, it was, a. if you watch the list, you could see how Pat's number one, you know, fighting DC, who was pretty much a champion at that point. Yeah. DC came as a as a champion to the UFC. Yeah, but yeah, like, Pat like I really had little. He had very little choice, though. I think he was thirty three or thirty four when he went there. No one would fight him out of there. I don't think he had fought in. I'd have to go look, but it had been a meaningful period of time. Yeah, so he's only got four fights. It's like, man, your mid thirties are coming up here. If this is going to happen, it's going to happen now. Joe Silva wanted him to have ten fights. Before he got there. Yeah. So Joe Silva, when all this was going on, was was on a plane to Brazil. So I was a little bit concerned. He would lay and get a call that Pat's name was in the hat and maybe not want that fight because he didn't express a whole lot of interest. He just thought Pat was too green for it. He, he turned out to be correct. But I was a little bit worried. Could we do this deal before Joe's plane landed and he got 20 text messages? I'm sure he had been, you know, first to weigh in on that. Right. So now Pat had really no, if he wanted a career in MMA, that was his opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. Tough. And sometimes you just have to take those. Yeah. Yeah. Tough debut. But even that, like he had a, a, a puncher's chance, if you will, in that fight. Well, no. Hey, let me, let me, throw, let me throw Dennis into it. Dennis fought. What was his name? Jimmy Rivera to get onto the show. Right. You know, there's some of these fights that you, they're not meaningful at the time because you don't have any context to who's actually fighting, right? Like, yeah. remember Con- Connor and Max Holloway? Right. Oh, it's only Max Holloway. He's a young kid. Well, <laughs> it turns out, no, there's something more to Max Holloway than, you know, just a tough kid from Hawaii. Right, right, right. But you just, this yeah. is one of those sports where you have this moment, this opportunity. You just have to step up and do it. And sometimes that works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't, but... You know, at this point, what else are you going to do? Now, I watch young kids around Long Island and, you know, like, yeah, I want to have this many fights before I do this. Or I don't want to fight him now. I want to fight him later. I'm like, dude, I like when I started fighting and that's why I was the first pick was like, I don't give a fuck. Like either. Well, actually, I thought I was better than everybody. (laughs) And And I fought that way and I. I competed that way. It wasn't like, well, I'm not quite ready yet. I just attacked everything full force. But I watched people try to protect people or not. I'm like, if you're going to be champion one day, you're going to be champion one day. And I do believe there is – there's definitely some levels you want to do it smart. But sometimes I watch people being cradled too much. Like, at the end of the day, it's just a fucking fist fight. Yeah. Well, even we talked about that in your fighting career, how Doc was also – we didn't even reference that too much as Doc was your manager – how you guys would sit down and say, this is the route we kind of want to go. Ideally. But you would fight anyone. Right. Yeah, like you were game to fight anyone, but you yeah. got you had like options and p- 
people you'd maybe want to avoid or only have to fight them if it was out of necessity. Right. Like, I remember the Clay Guida f- call. You were like, I mean, this isn't like, I, I don't, like, this is a fight we have to do. Like, it's not, you know, it is what it is. Like, if we could avoid him, it'd be awesome. But, like, we just got to do this one. All right, let's go. Chael said it perfectly. He always wants to fight the weakest guy for the most amount of money. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's yeah. the smartest thing you could do, 100%. We get it. You're tough. You fight in a cage. Let's find the passive least, least resistance right. until we get there. But, but you know, you could. There was, for me personally, there was like a point where that changed. Yeah. And it's like after your first loss, or maybe for me, it was like after, after my first loss in the UFC. That that changed, which would which it was actually the Brandau or you're talking no, about the winning streak. The like, winning streak. Yeah, there yeah. was a, an age where like before that I wanted to fight the best and prove myself and whatever. And that, that's exactly what the UFC wants. They want the most best motherfucker to fight for the least amount of money yeah. <laughs> at the highest level. Yeah. And then there comes a point where you're like, you know, you lose. You're like, ah, way more money is way but- better than being a champion. But yeah. there's also there's an element too of timing, right? Like I read this article with um, I'm drawing blank his name, uh, Bezos, Amazon. Jeff who Bezos. Who said, "Hey, listen, as as great as this company is, if I tried to start Amazon today, it would never work." So there's this element of timing that gets mm-hmm. involved. Take Pat for instance. Could Pat's career have been different if he started at, you know, 22 instead yeah, of 30? Yeah, one million percent. Yeah, but. You can't live your life like that. We don't. We don't get to connect the dots looking backwards. Yeah. You know, we're we're presented with these opportunities. We we prepare as best we can for them, make the best choice in the moment, and then deal with whatever consequences come, good or bad. Yeah. But most people, here's the problem: when that happens, most people their feelings are hurt so bad, or the level of disappointment is so great that then they then they go try to make excuses and tell a story about why it didn't end up like that. Instead of kind of owning what it was. Right. Like, Dennis was great. I believe that there was a time that you were the number one or two in the world. Yeah. Right? And I think by the time you got to face those guys, we found out that you ended up, what, about four or five, something like that? I got the six. All right, there you go. So six. I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment, but you have two ways to do it. Like, I know a guy, a friend of Chael's, I won't say his name, but has an Olympic silver medal, and in his, in his own eyes, he's a failure. Because he didn't come home with the gold medal. It's like, and then there's Michael Phelps who walked home with what, 22 gold medals. And afterwards he wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. So the, this thing that if my dreams had to come true in the way that I thought or hoped they would, then I wouldn't have any problems. Then I'll be happy. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't actually work like that though. The, I think we go. The thought yeah. of a, a dream or goal is I, I feel more heartfelt and means more than when you actually achieve it. Yeah. I mean, th- there are to certain degrees. Like, for example, like, for me, getting UFC at one point was like, man, like, that would be really cool. But along the way to getting to it, it's like, no, this is going to happen as expected. But what sometimes we see these guys become world champions – like, I think if I was ever world champion, I don't think I would have – I mean, thinking of the idea of becoming world champion, I would probably drop down to my knees and cry and like, oh, this is awesome. But actually doing it, I'd probably be like, yep, knew we were going to do that. Like, high five. Let's go get wasted, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, what, what's next after that moment? What's better, planning the vacation or the vacation itself? The vacation itself, I would think. Maybe. Or I guess, that's a tough one. It. Or I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess planning it could be good too. Because in the vacation, the, and the anticipation of it all, right? Yeah. The build up to everything. Like, how many girls, Stan, have you been upset with? Like, after you had sex with them? Like, ah, <laughs> oh, I just wish they would leave. Every other weekend. <laughs> Most of the time. Actually. But before they get to the, the Stan cave, you're like, oh, this is, <laughs> this this is, is going to be, be awesome. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Uh, Dennis, the one thing I always give you credit for is you're one guy who didn't seem to hold on to any stuff that didn't happen. It was always about moving forward with you. I really respected that. Well, I mean, in wrestling, that was you. You were losing. I mean, for me personally, I was losing on like a almost a biweekly, weekly, you know. But like, you gotta like fucking next guy, or in a tournament. Like, I've seen this guy. You've seen these guys. They would lose in a tournament, and like. They're not coming back and getting third. They'll take like fifth. They're the one seed. They check out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was never me. I could be like, you know, I talk to this all the time. If I'm playing football, I'm losing 49 to 7, and there's one minute left. I'm still trying to kill that guy before he scores another, scores another touchdown. Like, that's just. I don't know. But you, defi- you define a maybe the most important element of success, right? Which is grit. It's not IQ. It's not experience. It's not connections. It's grit. That's why Michael Bisping became champion. Yeah. No one in their right mind would have said that this guy would have done it, but he was just such a gritty guy who wanted it more than anything. And no matter what, I mean, be honest, how many fighters come back after what Dan Henderson did to him at UFC 200? How many guys come back? Yeah. And not only that, he came back and said, I want to fight Dan again. I mean, he's just a different guy. But I think those people who do have grit, who no matter what happens, find a way to pick themselves up and keep forward. In the day, it means nothing. Over an extended period of time, you're living a dramatically different life. Yeah. And I'm fortunate now that I've been able, yeah, I'm a little bit older. So I've been able to see in MMA now like four generations of guys go through. Yeah. And you see the same pattern. If you've seen it this much, you'd be foolish not to recognize some patterns in it. But you see these same patterns over and over again. Yeah. And the guys who. Go ahead. And I like off of what you're saying is like, I wonder if Gregor Gillespie will. If that's if that's him or not. Well, me and you talked about this. We didn't know what would really happen once Gregor lost. Because he doesn't, he's like a wrestler. He doesn't like fighting. You know, he's similar to like Ben Askren almost, and yeah. he, the way you are. Like, he's a wrestler at heart. He's just into fighting because he's really fucking good at it. Right. Naturally, from being such a good wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, we have to get Gregor so, on. Well, that's asking. just like, hang on. No, that's just something that we, I mean, we get on here and talk to him till the cows come home, and like, you will never know until he competes again. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, that's something. So what'd you think about one thing we wanted to ask you, Doc? What'd you think of uh, Ben Askren stepping away from the sport? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Ben's just such a competitive guy. I think he probably realized that, hey, a title is not there for me. That's what I'm here for. Right. And he's fortunate to be a guy who's got other things going on in his life. Yeah. So if the only thing you have is fighting and how many people liked your Instagram post, when you're done fighting, you are in for a rough, rough transition. Yeah. If you're a guy who's got other interests and has a bit broader perspective on life, which Ben does, yeah, I mean, she's talking about something to be proud of. That that guy did everything. He's got a uh, 
What's it? Bitcoin? He's got like a Bitcoin podcast he does. Yeah, he's got a Bitcoin, a wrestling podcast, a Bitcoin podcast, and an MMA podcast. And a wrestling school and, you know, all the yeah, other yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. And even I just saw I, he bought like a new location. He's opening up either his second or his third wrestling school. Yeah. So, yeah, he's doing. No, but like but like me and you have talked to subliminally and like I talked to Stan about like the main reason why I retired is just like off those bullshit losses. Like, man, where I am at, why I'm actually here is fucking a minimal two years away. Like, and I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not into two years. Yeah. Like I want it now and I want to hang on to it for two years. You used up your rounds. Right. Every fighter's got so many rounds. Right. And I feel like that's probably how Ben Askren processed it. He's like, ah, shit. I came in here. I was almost the one, number one contender. Now I'm, he's a little bit in a different yeah, ballpark like, because like you talk about there could just be like the timing thing because when michael bisming fought for a title what was he number eight or nine or something like that yeah well he got the fight on two weeks notice against rockhold yeah right. he was able to take it yeah but even ben had ben beat masvidal he probably would have cut colby i agree and got the shot at usman i agree maybe maybe four years ago ben was better yeah, I've heard that. I've heard people say that, too, that Ben just got there a little too late and too much wear and tear on his body. And then I heard Ben even say in an interview, he was only able was he, I don't know, even when he was talking to us, he said he could only really train like once a week. He couldn't really train like as efficiently as he needed to to compete at that level. Because of his hip or whatever injuries he had going on. Yeah, that that's a real thing, right? Yeah. Did, did the time work out for you? In this case, no. But then there's some guys like John Jones. Who's better, John Jones at the end of 2019 or John Jones at the end of 2013? Yeah. And 2013 let, probably so, kicks 2019's ass. Off of yeah, but John wildness. was just John was just so far ahead of everybody. Even though when he came down, he was still better. So some now, guys, if you're if you're just a little bit better and then you, you kind of slip a little bit or your body peaks, you start heading south, and then you find those losses come up. Do you still talk to Dan Henderson at all? Yeah, we we text the other day, but I haven't seen him in maybe, I don't know, a year or two, something like that. We live in different places, so. Well, he's got one of his guys or a guy who trains at his gym is about to fight John Jones next, Dominic Reyes. I didn't know he trained. I thought he was with... Uh, Joe Stevenson. He's with Joe Stevenson, but then he goes to Dan's team quest gym and does a lot of his work there with like Sam Alvey and right. he spars Dan Henderson. He said he spars Dan on the regular still. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. All right. There you go. You know more than I do. Yeah. Like we had him on the show. He was actually the first on the first episode of Medicine, the man. And then we've had him on a few times, but he was telling us how one time he took an H bomb. And was like, bro, you just H-bombed me. And then Dan Henderson just like, you know, looked at him sideways like, you motherfucker. How are you still standing, you know? Dan Dan knocked me out once. He hit me on the chin. And apparently I made a sound that a man shouldn't be proud of making. (laughs) And then when I get up with my headache, he looks right at me and goes, I barely hit you. (laughs) Like, come on, man. What are you doing? You're supposed to say, I have never hit anyone like that. 
Can't believe you. I mean, no, you don't tell you. I barely hit you. Uh, that's well. That's like the, especially at, at the at the age when he hit you. That was like that's like the most manly thing you can say. Like I barely even tapped you, bro. Like come on, like stop. <laughs> yeah, you just shouldn't say those things to the guy you just knocked out. Uh, well, that's something that Menace has told me that you told him because you're a chiropractor as well. Or you were a chiropractor in your former life, right? I was. And you, he said, uh, you said Dan Henderson's like one of the hardest individuals you've ever worked on. Yeah, it's funny. The, the two guys I worked on most in that phase of my career, like the late 90s and into the early mid 2000s, was Dan and Randy. So obviously, Randy's heavyweight. Dan's, you know, wherever Dan was, middle light heavyweight. Dan would be five times the effort. Yeah. I've never felt to this day muscle tissue as he has no flex. He can barely touch his shins bending over. He has zero <laughs> flexibility. His body's been a wreck since he was about 19, but he just has these, like I think his dad had a 550 pound bench press, totally clean. His sister at 14 or 15 could hit a golf ball, 300 yards. Whatever genetic, I would love to see a genetic muscle test. We got to get him to Pete. Or we got to get him to uh, Andy. Galpin. Yeah, let Dr. Galpin take a chunk of muscle out and figure out what is in the Henderson DNA. But I've, in my whole career, and I had, as a chiropractor, you know, I have my hands on thousands of people. I'd never felt anything like that. And you also said that's maybe a reason why he never got hurt is because he had no mobility to, like, you know, to burn your shoulder. This guy go back here, just wouldn't go. Just... He he did he did get hurt though he tore his ACL he had shoulder surgery oh okay hurt, like in the wrestling stage of it the only guy I know who's never really experienced an injury I, I'm not sure Chael has Peter Graham do you know Peter yep K1 fighter yep. fought in Bellator big head I and mean, he fought at a high level of striking for I think 22 years and never sustained an injury and what do you what are you calling an injury like have I, I mean, ever had an injury. Yeah, you injured your elbow before the finale of yep. the Ultimate Fighter. Which, hang on, you had which to... was eight years ago today. Was it really? It was December third. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that's how we kicked off the show. He said eight years ago today, Diego Brando almost broke my arm. <laughs> almost snapped my arm. In well, my arm was broken going into the fight. <laughs> yeah. That you you should not have taken that fight. Yeah, we but, were we were at the orthopedic doctor the day before weigh-ins. Yeah, on Wednesday, <laughs> yeah. and the guy's like, "We could do this, and like you won't feel anything, and it'll just be whatever." Or there's like there's like a third of a chance that it could blow up, and like you won't be able to move your arm. We're like, not rolling the dice. Let's let's do it. Let's just not do it. Oh, why he was going to inject you with like cortisone or something? I think so. Yeah. Hey, you're never gonna be ready, but it's at some point it's your turn, right? Yeah. Like call your name, you either go make that walk or not. You make it. Oof. Yeah, that was a tough one. Well, it was the first like official fight, so like I had I don't know. Well, I called him when it happened. When my arm got like really badly wrecked by Davidius uh I say his last name? Taurus Avicus. Yeah. I believe. Who was like a, a fucking monster in the WC back in the day? Yeah, and he was underrated. He never really he. The thing with him was, remember the old days of the UFC, Doc? When he was jo WEC. No, I'm saying even oh. in the old days of the UFC, when Joe Silva would call you on a week's notice, and if you didn't take the fight, you went to the bottom of the list. So he called up Davidius and was like, "You want to fight Chad Mendez at a catch?" Because he was going to fight Chad Mendez at 145, 
and they offered him, I think, like a catch weight at 150 or whatever and like six days' notice, and he didn't take the fight, so that's why he never got his mm. UFC shot. But he was solid, a very solid pro. Anyway, so he hyperextends my elbow with, I think, an arm bar. <laughs> Bad. I finish out four more rounds with him. The next morning I wake up, my elbow, I think I FaceTimed you, and it was purple, and it was this big. And I was like, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, we're not going to call UFC yet. <laughs> Let's just see yeah, he was what a, we can do. He was one of those guys who almost like hurt his training partners. No, I'm talking about Doc. No, I'm saying even oh, the videos yeah, one yeah, of those I know guys that, that yeah. used to hurt his training partners. Yeah. yeah. Those guys are out there. So, Doc, we got some upcoming fights happening. But, you know, So there's Max Holloway versus Alex the Great. Who wins? The, is that his Alex name? Volkanovsky. That's his nickname. Yeah, is yeah. it the Great? Who wins that fight, Doc? Yeah, I, I, I can't bet against Max Holloway at 145 pounds. I, and I wouldn't this time around either. I think his reach is too much. I think his experience is too much to overcome. I just don't know the pathway to him getting beat. Well, something that was pointed out to me is they obviously have different body types, but Volkanovski has a longer reach than Max. Somebody did say that. Olive. But, yeah, but, it's, but hang on. Does I she said, really know that? No, I looked it up. It, it, he has a longer reach, but it's also different body types. So Volkanovski probably has a wider back and long arms where... But he's ho- way short. Where Holloway's all arms. He's like 5'6". He's a lot shorter than Max, but he's got longer reach. I think he's got a 2-inch Yeah, but what about, kick, what about kicking reach, too? Right. Kicking reach as well is probably Max's... I think actual reach, like if they stood fist-to-face, like... Like that, I think Max would win that, but Volkanovski has a wider back, probably. Oh, yeah. So they have different um, body types. Well, no, I mean the mo like, I feel like recently Max doesn't kick that much. No, he kicked me a lot, but I feel like in generally he doesn't like as of late since he's been champion. He doesn't, he actually like just a lot of hands, almost like the Diaz brothers. Uh, he kicked Frankie a little bit. I mean, a little bit, obviously, yeah. but. I would say the mass majority of his of his strikes are via punch, no? Yeah. I'd agree with that. Doc, I just hang on. I want Max to win cuz that makes me look better. Yeah, of course. I feel like his time might be up. I think Do this you? Guy, I think this guy's a problem. How does he beat him? This guy's just fucking he's like a little Tasmanian devil. I think, if anything, does, the Tasmanian devil aspect, I think Max is going to win, but I could see Volkanovski giving him problems with, like, the Dustin Poirier type of style. I Like singles and doubles okay, versus swinging okay, triples okay. and home runs. Max knocks people out just volume, just bah, 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 like bang. I think Volkanovski – am I saying that correct? Volkanovski, Vol- yeah. I think he has, like, two-punch, like, sleep you power. Yeah. Or at least can catch you and rock you to change the fight power. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Maybe maybe the one uh, curiosity is the Max took a lot of damage, right? Right. So where's where's his head at? How many rounds has he used up? All the stuff we talked about with you. Does it apply here? I'm still not going for it. All right. So you're going Max. I'm going Max. And then what, what's the other one we got? Duran Domain versus uh, Nunes. Do you think anyone's no. going to beat Amanda Nunes anytime no soon? No, she's amazing. Yeah. Mean, strong, tough. Got a head for fighting like no one else. I couldn't be a bigger fan of hers. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I just had to ask because obviously it's one of the other fights on the card. You know what it is? She's, she's so likable, too. Yeah. I don't know if there's a more likable person. When someone puts a camera on her face, 
the smile she has, her likability, that's going to earn her a lot of money. Not just not just her skills in the octagon. On a one on a personal in person, she has this like. Because I remember right before she became champion, you know, hey Amanda, like man, I love your fighting style. She's like, I like your fighting style. I was like, or she might have already you, been the champion. You, I was like, you what? know who I am? You know who I am? <laughs> Yeah, she's like, no, I like yours. I was like, you're the champion. I'm <laughs> yeah, she has that it factor for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but one thing I've noticed is like fighters, like real fighters, know Dennis Bermudez. Like we've had a lot of guys on the show that say, oh, no, I'm a fan of yours, Dennis. And you've almost been like, you know who I am? Like, you, 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 you've seen me fight before? What fight? You're so modest, Dennis. I like it. And then they'll be like, you versus Mac Rice, my favorite fight ever. Or you versus, uh, you know. Yikes. I hated that fight. Yeah. Oh, the Grice one? Uh, every minute I hated it. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. Can we just get this over, please? Yeah. And now a big fight that's definitely on your radar, because I'm pretty sure you know both guys through the fighting world, Usman mm -hmm. versus Covington. Who do you think takes this one? I don't know Colby personally, uh, but Usman, he was on – we brought him as a, a guest um, – not a guess as a coach on the yeah. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Yes, we talked about that the last time you had him on. Uh, last time we had you on, you and Usman were in Menace's corner for his first UFC fight. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Man, I couldn't be happier for him. He's so talented. I mean, you knew back then. I think the first time he he ever threw, you know, hit mitts, he looked like he'd been doing it for a year. It was just undeniable. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, you, you got this. Now you never know, right? You got to put some. I think he had an early loss, right? He had one loss. He lost by armbar before I, no, he I, got to I, the UFC. I think he lost by rear naked choke. Yeah. So the fact that early on, someone with his athletic ability, his you know pedigree in wrestling, goes takes a loss and then says, "I'm I'm going to keep going here," and finds his, himself to a title. And his title performance was. Yeah. outstanding yeah i mean just couldn't have been any better so this is going to be a great fight i'm hoping that this is a fight to really put his name over the top that everyone really knows about him because yeah. he deserves it yeah i agree now one thing about usman and 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 you know it is he loves the cameras he loves the spotlight like he doesn't i think for for pat against dc that like Took half of his performance was just like, oh, shit, like this is real. Like the spotlight, the, the hot lights and whatnot, you know, yeah. 20 interviews. Marty, like he like, yeah, that's me. Big, you know, like he puts on the outfit. He, he yeah, he dresses up for the occasion. He like he basks in it. He what, likes what is it. that called? The dashiki, the whole outfit, it's I like don't the, know. you know, the dress, the suit, whatever it's called. No, know. but you're right, though, that you never know what's how someone's going to respond to uh, pressure. Yeah. But Colby seems like he loves that as well. I agree. Well, this is why they're both fighting for the belt, right? I mean, yes. we weeded out everyone who isn't there in love with these two animals. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm betting, I like uh I like Marty on this one. Do we what are the odds on that fight? Um, I could check them. But I mean, I think that's one of those fights like probably 50-50, no? I would think it's really close. Yeah, I, w I would go Usman, too. I just think he does a really good job with his range and stuff like that. And I think if you get in his face, which is what I think Kobe's going to do, he can grind there, too. It's not like if you get too close with him, he can, like, he'll shut down, you know? I'm curious to see who's going to 
be the one pressing because they're both pressure fighters. So it's like, who's going to be the one to take that back step and get backed up to the cage? Yeah. My guess is that will be, I think Colby will press forward a little bit harder starting out. I agree. I just, just, he seems a little antsy and like, he, that's kind of what he's going to do. Yeah. So that'll be Marty's challenge to use his footwork and his reach. But and... nobody gets, no one gets slept or submitted in the fight, right? It's someone's getting, it's going to be a grinder. You know, I don't know. Marty's ground and pad is very good. You could see a TKO. Yeah. If you have two guys coming in real hard, someone could get caught moving into a punch. I mean, in any fight, could. Would I bet this goes to a decision or a finish? I would go decision. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm leaning towards Covington. Yeah? Yeah. We're getting a little feedback on our I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know either. But, yeah, I'm leaning towards Covington. I just feel like... He's just going to have the, a little bit better cardio. He's going to back Usman up. I want Usman to win, but I just feel like it's a tough fight for him. Tough fight for both guys, but yeah. Is Connor well, versus Cerrone a joke? I don't think so at all. I think it's actually a pretty good matchup. I think it sets Connor up to either stay at 170 and fight Masvidal. Or... Is the fight going to be at 170? Yeah. Because yeah. Cerrone's been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I'd assume it was Connor that was like, "They want where you want this fight, 55? He was probably like, no, nah, 170. Huh. And I actually thought this, when I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, that's just setting it up for, all right, it, after I beat Cowboy, get that Masvidal fella who said I was too small. Yeah. And like, you'll attest to this, Doc. You know how like a lot of fans will say like, oh, no, no. He's afraid. He's afraid. Like, people were like, Usman and Covington, they're afraid of each other. Uh, Woodley's afraid. Like, all these guys are the most alpha of alphas, top five in the world. There's no chance they're afraid of anyone. Like, they think yeah. they're the baddest guy on the planet. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, it's the, the guys who are in there at that level, they beat up the toughest guy that you know, the guy that beat him up, the guy that beat him up, the guy that beat him up. <laughs> That's how good these guys are. Yeah. You think of the toughest guy that you know, and he, he got his ass kicked five times over. Yeah. It's a whole, most people have no idea what that's like. They really don't. Like, I even think of Connor. Remember that one picture or the video at the one, I forget what UFC it was, when Woodley walked past him, and he, like, eyed Woodley up and down. And then Woodley <laughs> oh, turned and was and like. he was saying, like, I'm coming for your belt, right? He didn't say that, but he was like. Woodley walked in and said, oh, hey, man, what's up? And Connor just didn't even answer him and kept grilling him. And then Woodley, like, stopped, looked up at him and was like, I said, what's up? And Connor went, yeah, what's up? What's up? And then just watched him the whole time. And then he walked off. And then the next day was when there's video of. He said he's going to have the 45, the 55, and he's going to get the 70. Well, Woodley took out his phone and started recording Connor, like, fighting with someone. I think Khabib or someone. And then he started screaming at Woodley, like, look at you, you little bitch with your phone, with your little <laughs> camera phone. And that's, you know, a guy 15, probably 30 pounds bigger than you. Right, a and, muscle. Yeah, and he didn't care at all. <laughs> so, like, that's how I see it. Like, what's his name? Masvidal saying he's too small. He's like, all right, I'll show you I'm too small. I'm going to fight Cowboy at 170, then I'm coming for you. I think you're right on the money there. Yeah. 
What is Mazadal's? Because me and Stan have talked about this a few times. Like, there's the Connor fight, there's the Nate rematch, there's the title fight. Like, what's what's his best path? Because if he loses the Nate fight or the Connor fight, title fight's out. Right? It would be wait for the title, get the title, and then have these super fights for the title. No? I don't know. You, you could argue this in two ways. I mean, he's he's top three biggest stars in the UFC right now. Did one of these mega fights do more for him as far as exposure and money that, yes. than the title does? And the title's a tough fight. He, that I don't even think that's a concern. That guy's here to get paid right now and deserves every penny of it. Yeah. I, I've never known why that guy hasn't been more popular. I agree. He's been one of my favorite fighters for a year. You just know when he walks in the room, you have to pay attention to that guy. Yeah. yeah. Just know he's he's different. I've been a huge fan of his fears. Like we had we went to Florida and we had Mike Brown on the show, and that was something that we talked to Mike Brown about is we have no idea why the UFC didn't jump behind him earlier. Well, him smacking Leon Edwards is what sent him over the top, no? Um, no, him knocking out Ben Askren, I think, is what sent him over the no, top. No, no, I think before the, the two piece in the biscuit that went viral. Yeah, I guess so. But even that's a fight that's out there for him, too. I, I forget what I was watching. It might have been Chael or it was someone who was watching a Masvidal interview, and they were saying how it might have been the the Brendan Schaub show where he sits and eats with people. Right. And he said the best thing for Masvidal would actually be to just go for the money fight and let Leon Edwards fight for the title because if Leon Edwards wins, then that's a huge fight. Yeah. Him versus Leon Edwards finally settle in their backstage beef. Yeah, but Doc, will Leon Edwards ever get a title fight? He's not. He would have to just keep winning, and he's, obviously he'll get the title fight then. But he's not a super marketable guy. The only thing he has marketing behind him is that he's British. His beef with no, his beef with fucking. And he's British, so he's like uh, they could yeah. sell him to the UK market. Yeah, I to me that guy's got a lot of potential. He just hadn't he didn't didn't have his moment yet. Right. But he's strung eight fights together in one of the hardest divisions in the sport. Yeah. He's fun and exciting to watch. I think he called that Woodley. So he's like, hey, you're an English kickboxer, a British kickboxer, who's now calling out a, a collegiate All-American who was also dominant in that weight division and had the belt. I like that guy. I think that there's just too much happening right now yeah. with that weight class to shine a light on everybody. You just kind of got to wait to see who gets lucky with timing, who has a performance that catches on. You know, where would Masvidal be if Nate didn't call him out that night? Right. Yes, and Leon Edwards is actually young, too. I'm looking at him now. He's only 28. So oh, Yeah, wow. that guy is very, very talented. So in that division, there's just so many, kind of like 155. There's so many fights to make. Like, sometimes you just got to wait and see how it shakes out. And he's got some big wins. He's got a win over Vicente Luque, a win over Donald Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, Dos Anjos. Right. But... All decisions. So I guess that's like maybe if anything, that's his only thing. Why the UFC is not giving him? Yeah, you have to be starching fools, and then they're like, "Yeah, we like this guy." And then he has a decision. His last loss is a decision loss to Usman. Unless you're going to count the backstage altercation with Masvidal, he, he definitely <laughs> took an L in that situation too. But yeah, he's in the mix. So um, yeah, I think. Like Doc said, I think the best thing for Masvidal would be the money fight next, which would be Connor or actually Nick Diaz, which they're talking about possibly doing. Now, what's the what's Nick Diaz again? We talk about timing. 
That clock is ticking, my friend. Like, what? how much longer can he hold out and not fight? Well, he has the he has the uh, the benefit of a brand behind him. His name, the Diaz brothers. So he, I don't think he's fought for four or five years, right? Right. Yeah, he hasn't fought since twenty. Oh, real quick, Doc. Before you continue, I know we talk about brand, and what made me think of this is Nate. The spotlight's on him. He's like, yeah. I'm part of the Nick Diaz like army, army, and I was like, dude, you're like the spotlight's on you, like. Yeah, it's that Diaz brothers. There's just something. I'm about not mad that. at it. I'm not mad, but I was just like, "What?" I just okay, cool. Like, yo, that's some dope, like brother love. Yeah. And I also think it's like, yo, UFC, like, you, you guys are the spotlight's on me, but like, this is the dude. Like, get this guy on too. Yeah. Well, even when I did the when I went to the press conference, that's the question I asked Nate. Is I was like, Nate, can we get Nick in your corner for this fight, or what's the chance we can get him in your corner? And that was like the one of the loudest crowd eruptions. Yeah. And then even at the weigh-ins, he, they were like, what's your thoughts on this fight? He was like, I don't even care. I got the greatest fighter in the world, Nick Diaz, with me right here. Right. So he's like, you know, it's his big brother. So, I mean, back to Nick's uh, brand. What about We it? cut him off. I cut him off bad. Yeah, well, you, you asked <laughs> how long how long did he stood right. out. Is he going to come back and have 10 more fights? I can't imagine that. And he's going to challenge for a belt. I can't imagine that either. It's probably one or two more. So he has this mystique about him. He has that Diaz brothers brand name behind him. He's got what Nate's doing. I mean, Nate went from not having a fight in three years to being a huge star, fighting and selling out Madison Square Garden. So could Nate, Nick, could come back and do that for one or two? Oh yeah, for sure. But I think that's all. That's all it is. Right. Yeah, like I think if the UFC's smart, like we've talked about this on the show, they give Masvidal either Connor or Nate or Nick. And that builds if he beats both of them, which I think he does, that builds him into a bigger star. The flip side of that coin is if Nick Diaz wins, then Nick Diaz is back on the map in a big way. And if Connor wins, then Connor's fucking Jesus. You know, he's walking on water. He's like the guy again. Uh, yeah, yeah. The beginning there will be interesting to see Connor's performance, how that plays out. Does Nick come back and does he face Masvidal? There's a lot of fun things to look forward to. Because there's only a few guys that could sit out for that amount of period and still be relevant and still, you know, hop right back into the huge mix, which I'm sitting here outside like, I don't know. I don't think you deserve that. I don't think you – like, yeah, before you left, you deserved it. But, like, now you're – like – Are you talking about Nick? You need to to dust off a little dust before – Hey, listen, it's the Brock Lesnar argument, right? Right, right. Some people are just, their name is, if Rhonda came back today, she's not going to yep. come back in an amateur fight, right? I mean, a, uh, right. prelim. A, a prelim fight. Right. So he's just one of the guys that has that to trade on. And, Good for uh, him. Who am I talking to? Because it's not like these guys are like geniuses. Like, all right, here's how we're going to play this. Here's how we're going to do this. It's just like they fell in shit. Yeah. It's the way they fight. It's the way they talk. And people are like. I like him, like, but when you really break it down, like, I, see, he actually might be mentally retarded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of my philosophies. I love the Diaz brothers, but people always say like, oh, they're not from the best area, so I'm sure the school system where they're from is not that good. I think both yeah. of their educations aren't the best. Like, I don't think either one of them graduated from high school. But then even like, if you're gonna get into the CTE conversation, Nick's been beating Nate up since they were little kids. So I'm sure he's got a couple of, you know, 
a couple of marks on his brain or something. But they've been smoking marijuana forever, which is great for the brain. Right, Doc? This is true. You're asking loaded questions. I'm not <laughs> sure I have an answer to any uh, of it. Well, no, I mean, look, CBD is in marijuana, which is great for... All right, whatever. Oh. Or helps the brain a little bit, possibly. Some people. Great anti-inflammatory effects. Doc, do you think I think that far ahead that I'm loading up questions on you? <laughs> <laughs> You're spur of the moment. So even we asked about Connor Cowboy. Did we say who we think is going to win that uh, fight? No, he just said it was a good fight. Good fight. Uh, I will take Connor in that fight. Yeah. I will, I too. I think you'll have a speed advantage. But it'll be interesting to see him back. You know, how's his body held up? How's he been living? There's a lot of questions. What will his weight be I mean, when by, that fight happens? By the looks of it, he's been living a party lifestyle, training a little bit, but a party lifestyle, drinking a lot of proper 12. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how he comes back. But I think even it'll go back to when they had words years ago and what Connor saw in him then. You know, he was he called Cerrone. He was like, I'll break you like a board. I'll snap you in half, you know? <laughs> He was like, you're stuck in the mud. You're in slow motion. And he was ready to fight Connor back, uh, Cowboy back then. So, it, Cowboy have, has a lot of mileage on him, too. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't look like, like his last few performances, I'm like, man, he starts out a little slower than he used to, but I feel like he starts to pick it up. And Where Connor's a quick starter. This is true. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a rough fight with Gaethje that he had. Yes. And even I think Gaethje is a whole other problem animal. Like even I think Gaethje would give Connor some problems if Connor can't catch him early. You know, th there's examples of fighters who aren't the same after one fight. Yes. They just go get into it. There's a guy in pride. I don't want to say his name, but there's a guy in pride pretty well now. He, he went up weight class fought. He's like, yeah, you are never the same after. I'm not sure you ever fought again. You can take such a beating that's like, all right, your time is up. Yes. So here, we're, we've had you for a minute, Doc. Before we let you go, another huge fight that was booked is Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. Yeah. How do you see that one going? Man, it's so hard to bet against uh, Khabib. That being said, Tony's a very unique guy. Yeah. His wrestling's different. His ground game's different. You know, his aggression and his cardio is striking. It's very interesting. Yeah, like, if you ask me who I would pick, I'm I'm gonna go with the undefeated guy, but I'm I wouldn't put any money on it. I'm going the totally opposite way. I think Khabib grabs him, throws him to the ground, and he's not moving. That's it. Yeah, I I feel like this will be Khabib's hardest fight. Yeah, agreed. I don't. I think where everyone else that Khabib grabbed, threw down, got on top of him, they panicked and just focused on standing up. And Khabib was like, nope, now this is my world. I'm just going to bring you back to the mat. I'm going to grab your wrist. I own that wrist. I think Tony's going to close his guard, start elbowing him. And then the second Khabib pops up, Tony might pop up and he's going to make it a scramble. And then, so who'd we see just almost guillotine? Uh, Dustin Poirier, just almost guillotine Khabib. There's no better front headlock series in MMA than Tony Ferguson. The other thing, too, is does, does Tony move and keep his back off the cage? Yes. Because I don't think of the open, uh, Habib takes him down. No, 
Like you watch, you can watch the Ally Quinta fight and a few fights. Mm-hmm. Like I think he took Al down once in the open mat. But even Connor, he had a little bit of trouble in the open mat taking Connor down. He had trouble taking Ally Quinta down in the open mat. He couldn't take uh, T Bow down because he couldn't clasp his hands. Like all Khabib's takedowns are off the cage, or majority of them, ninety nine percent. Exactly. I mean, there are a few people that can run a guy across the cage in a double leg. Yeah. Josh Koscheck. Not Khabib, though. Right. Like, I remember we talked, we had Sean Bunch on the show, and we asked Sean Bunch how Khabib's wrestling was. Like, could he be on the world team? And he was like, hell no. (laughs) Hell no, he couldn't be on the world team. His wrestling's not that good, you know? Like, it's Bunch is right, though. His cage wrestling is better than anybody's. Yes. I don't. Any any wrestler who's ever competed, your cage is not as good as Habib's in the open. There's a reason why he didn't make a Russian national team. It's that's not his super strength. His was. We had this discussion with T.J. Dillashaw that about finding your sport, right? Like T.J. was a decent college wrestler, but you no would ever bring his name up as a star in college wrestling. But he became world champion in MMA. Habib's one of those guys who grew up. He told me personally in a sauna in Brazil that his mountain village of 2,000 people had seven World or Olympic champions. Yeah. Wild. You look at Dagestan, there's less than 3 million people who live there. The city where they live, Makachkala, I don't, I don't know how to say it properly, that has less than 500,000 people who live there. And if you look at who makes a Russian national team, it's everyone from right there. Nowhere else in Russia. A guy or two. You look at the amount of those guys who have world and Olympic medals. I don't think there's a greater concentration of tough guys than Dagestan. I don't know what they're doing over there. Is it culture, genetics, lifestyle? But whatever it is, that's a scary group. So Habib grew up in that area, and his specialty was wrestling in a cage. You never know how it's going to work. Yes. I mean, like you said, I wouldn't bet on the fight, but... I think uh, I'd go with lean towards the undefeated guy, obviously, but I will. This will be the first guy with Tony's style that he faces. Maybe I'm sensing a bet here. Dennis is so confident. So confident. Almost bordering on arrogance, but not in a bad way. But you'll understand this, Doc. You you put me with Ferguson I was going to say, he's almost underselling himself. He's like, I took Ferguson down. Like, all right, you, you probably could take Khabib down, possibly. Ah, I'd definitely take Khabib down. Yeah, you're underselling yourself. Yeah, but we're not talking about we're we're talking about what happens when when Khabib takes you down. Yes. When you're on the ground, Tony will keep moving. He won't stop. I know these guys, and like when the things like when we're they're doing these weird spins, and you just hold their leg over their head for one second and fist. You're talking about when like a guy hammer go, fist them when, when a guy goes like inverted inverted like that you know uh, you're not gonna hold me like okay I'm just gonna hold this leg on over your face and yeah I'm elbowing you or hammer fisting you you're not gonna get a ton of them but you're gonna get a few it's gonna stop him he's like whoa let me take a second and rethink about this whole you know well, rolling around upside down thing I don't know if that's gonna be his game to go inverted I just think he's gonna start his game is gonna be Elbow and punch the shit out of him. Sorry for the swear. Yeah. Once he Yo gets a dollar, dude. Once he gets on bottom, you're you guys are at sixteen dollars. No, we're not sixteen. <laughs> I was at will, I was at seven. Collect. 
I was at seven before I stopped. Why, you were keeping well, track? You didn't stop. Yes. I just didn't want to interrupt you or be a rude guest on your show. No, you've been a great guest, Doc. We appreciate the time. Oh, I love having Doc on. And everyone. All right, fellas. Nice make, to see you both. Make sure you check out Bad Guy Inc. with Chael Sonnen. And Doc, if you have anything you want to say, you want to talk to me. I always want to talk to you. I'm all, I'm I'm happy just to chat. You uh, guys are great. Oh, Menace tells me how he misses you all the time. You guys gotta start talking, get together more. I know he's just so. Far I feel away. the I feel the same way. That's my dude right there. All right, so you're the man, Doc. Thank you again, you Ryan guys. Parsons. Everybody, love you, buddy. Dude, you see that? What? He didn't tell me he loved me back. Ah, uh, he was ready to go. You want to uh, text Algeri, see if he's good for now? I, I would much rather have him in studio. So let's build up to an in-studio. We'll do a couple minutes with him, talk about his event that he's got going on Thursday. Okay. He just said he had to do some event stuff. Keep talking, Stan. All right, I'm talking. Yeah. Doc definitely knows his shit. Someone asks, is that Matt Serra? <laughs> that's another long overdue guest for the show your boy Matt Sarah you know what I was thinking maybe even next Tuesday we'll see if like anyone else wants to come to the studio we should almost maybe take a traveling episode to Sarah's on a Tuesday night yeah uh, well no Chris Wade like I texted him this morning like hey man like he's one of those. I think he's one of those dudes that, like, if he doesn't, if the answer is no, he would just rather not answer you. Because mm-hmm. I was like, hey man, were, were we on for tonight? Because I wasn't sure if we had locked it in or not. I was just, I just wanted to make sure, just this, you know, set up a time and everything like that. Doesn't answer me all day. <laughs> like I finished work and I text him <laughs> like, hey man, like I'll take that as a no. He's like, oh, like almost right away. Oh, sorry, you know. I didn't, you know, I got to ask my mom. Da, da, da. So he's going. It's We locked it in now. His mom's going to watch his daughter. We're going to try and get him in here because that's the week of, of you know, Dennis Bermuda's day. That's in that week. Yes. Well, even that's another reason why we got to get Algeria on. Yeah, I would, like to get, I would like to get both Chris's in here. Ooh, then let's get Algeria, see if we can get Algeria on the phone and we'll plug. Yeah. Dennis, we forgot to mention that to Doc, that man. Did you know that the. Uh, Town of Babylon is giving Dennis his own day. I don't think so, so. He loves me and like whatever, but like there's certain like he doesn't. Who Doc? Yeah. Why? I don't know. You follow him as the man, like. Eh. <laughs> well, he works for Bad Guy Inc., so, so it's almost what? like a weird. A conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. <laughs> but that was a great interview with Doc, so we'll have to now. He's just so knowledgeable. We have to get on him now, though, and say, "Hey, man, when are we uh?" When could we get Chael on? Yeah. And I feel like Chael's almost worth us giving like a... Give Algeria a ringer. Give me his number. Oh, my gosh. He is a, you're actually the worst. Am I? Yes. Like, when I give you one person's number, I shouldn't have to give it to you multiple times. You've never given me Algeria's number. Oh, my God. Don't be that guy. <laughs> but, yeah, Dennis Bermuda's day. So what, if Algeria's event wasn't on a Thursday, you would go? I also have my boys this weekend. Because well, the thing is, like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, so we're going to talk to him about his event, and then we're going to get him in here. Yeah, we'll build it up to an in-studio, and we'll yeah. talk about some uh, boxing fights. Yeah. 
I mean, he's probably expecting you. You mean you? Oh, there we go. Oh, Chris! Oh, what's up, Menace? Do you always wear? Can you turn us horizontal? If you go horizontal, you'll get both of us. Oh, okay. There you go. Ah, there you are. Yeah. All right. That's weird. That works what's like up? that. What's up, gentlemen? How Nothing. are you, dude? You're having like a fucking boxing party this week. Yeah, bro. It's exactly what it is. It's uh, it's fucking nightlife meets boxing. That's amazing. I love that concept. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that um, it, it's it's actually big in the UK. They have a, they do a lot of shows like that. Um, we just don't have it here, so let's we're trying to get that going. I mean, it's something that I think it fits in perfectly with New York City, places like Miami. I think even Chicago and LA. Um, you know, bring and it can bring more people to the sport. Maybe people that aren't necessarily boxing fans can come out for a night out on, on the town and be like, oh wow, you know, there's actually boxing going on, and then just like all, all the rest of us fall in love with the sport when they see it in person. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, cause we went to, I think what you're trying to paint, we went to something like that in Miami, but what the guy sold us on, it wasn't exactly, he sold us on like, there's a fight. The fight ends. Music's on. Everybody's dancing for a couple songs. Another fight. It was more like a fight card. And then get there was the an intermission. Out. Yeah. And after the fight card was over, everybody got kicked out. Hmm. And I was like, I mean, it was really cool, but I thought it was going to be like, you know, the fighters could be out like dancing later on on the dance floor, <laughs> like get a, a drink from the bar, you yeah. know, and it wasn't that. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, this is this is going to be a little different this gonna be, because, you know, it's going to be all night long. So like fighters going to 100 percent, you know, come out afterwards and then come hang out with the uh, with the crowd and interact. And I think that's a great idea for the, you know, to for the, the fans to come and see the fighters and, and whatnot and meet, meet these people firsthand. Yeah, because, Chris, you've been fighting for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when is your confidence more high than after you just fucked up another dude? No, dude, oh, dude. Oh, my that's exactly gosh. Right. I mean, You're on. You'll say anything to any girl with the most comments you've ever had in your life, especially if she just watched you fight. Well, you're the man. Yes. I mean, you just, you, you just, and 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 you know how it is. You've been you've been training for 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 weeks and months for that one moment when that and that night when it happens, you're Superman. Yeah. And you know, on Monday morning, you got to go back to being Clark Kent. But <laughs> at that moment, you're as high as can be. Right. Ah. Oh, for sure. Well, even we we didn't start it the way we usually do. We wanted to just let the fans know, Chris Algieri, sorry, boxing world champion. Welcome back to Menace and the Man. So we're talking about the event that you have going on Thursday night. What do you, what is it called? Uh, it's 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 actually in in co promotion with uh, Debella Entertainment, who has been a long time promoter uh, here in New York in, in New York City and just the whole tri state area. Um, but um, you know, yeah, it's, it's it's at the Terminal Five, which is a new venue for for professional boxing. Terminal Five is a very you know famous music venue, uh, incredible incredible space, and it's it's just different than than other boxing venues. So I think that's part of I think the big big allure of of this show is the venue itself, you know? Um, so I, I, I think, you know, that coupled with, you know, the kind of idea of having an exclu exclusive VIP area, we have a whole floor to ourselves, which is, is perfectly looks over the ring. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. What time does it start? I'm over here. I'm like, I can't go, but maybe I can go. With me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a late night. It is a Thursday. So, you know, we, we, uh, the first bout to 7 PM doors open at six 30. Um, might be, might be a good idea to come out for a little bit. <sighs> Like I'd and have now, to be on the train headed home at like. This is pro, right? 
Nice. This is this is yes, this is a pro card. This is the first pro boxing card to be held at Terminal Five. Uh, there's been amateur like uh, FDNY versus NYPD over there, uh, amateur boxing fights, and I believe there's been uh, a few pro like smaller MMA cards uh, there as well. But this is the first boxing. Nice. And now, like, hang on, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm contemplating I'm going. Cause like I'd have he's, to be. He's uh, going. Like, you know he's going. He's here's what happens: is I'm there. I'm like, man, this, I'm having a good time. Things are going good, and I'm like. Cause I have to work tomorrow. I gotta be there at seven thirty. Well, yeah, I told him. Ready to do line things like reminded, with electricity. I reminded him that your event was this week, and he went, "Oh, oh." And then I went, "Yeah, but it's a Thursday." And he was like, "Oh, oh, mm, yeah, oh." Where can people work- get tickets and such? He's a working. He's a working man now. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, at the Terminal 5 website, there, there's a link to, to the VIP package that's there. Um, also, you can get it through my, my Instagram, Chris Algieri. Um, and there, there, there's links on there. You can get it right, right online. So, now, is this your first foray into promoting? Yeah, this is you know this is my first my first uh, step into this. Something that I want to kind of get my feet wet with this. Um, this is a perfect opportunity. You know, hopefully this is this is first of many. Uh, been a long, I've been involved with this sport pretty much in, in every way possible, top to bottom, except for maybe refereeing. Um, <laughs> I've judged, I've announced, I've fought, I've cornered, I've coached. Uh, so I, you know, I've, I've managed, I've advised. So might as well get out there too and put on my promoter's cap. Oh yeah, I've seen you killing it with the commentary game. It seems like that's like your new job, if you will. Hey, you... It looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, the, thank you. The uh, the commentating is a lot of fun, you know. And it, it's something that I, you know, I say it all the time. It's something that I've been doing since I was ten years old with my family, sitting on the floor and be like, "Hey, this guy's doing that. This guy's doing that." Um, so you know, it's a perfect fit. It's something I would be doing anyway. Cause now I get paid for it, and I get the best seat in the house, which is which is fun because I, I am a, a fight fan. So I get to see these fights. And at this point, I'm so close to the sport, you know, being an active fighter. I personally know. 80% of the guys that I'm commentating on. So that, you know, I, I have that extra element of, you could add you know, a background. A, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we, have, we have to study the fighters anyway, you know, coming up to find it. It's a lot of homework, honestly, you know, people may not know that commentators are very well read. Um, we know who we're, who we're talking about for weeks in advance and, and we have complete bios on everybody to fill, but we also get to talk to the fighters, which is my favorite part. Yeah. You get to speak to them individually. You get to see them right before they fight. Um, and you get to see both sides. I get to see the red corner. I get to see the blue corner. I know exactly what these guys aura is as they're coming into fight week. So it's really telling and, and it's been extremely inter- interesting for me to see these guys close hand so close to a fight. So now fight night, what are you going to be doing? Walking around with your promoter's cap on? You're going to do any commentary? Some I've seen you do ring announcing in the past. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to be walking around, making sure everybody's having a good time. Um, I do have a fighter on the card, uh, Matthew Tinker. He's a local New York guy. I'm probably going to be help, helping out with his corner as well when he fights. Um, he's a, he's a talented kid. Got a big amateur background over in Europe, over in England and, and Ireland, and uh, has a huge fan base here. You know, he's a tough kid. Just made his pro debut a few weeks ago down in South Carolina. This is his first kind of like homecoming fight in New York City. Okay, okay. So now is it going to be like, how? what's the main event? Like, is it all like up and coming pros or you got anyone? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all local flavor fights, you know, fighters and uh, it's New York City guys. Um, you know, and there's there's standing room on the floor. There's, a, there's another level where you can see above kind of like it's almost like a ringside structure and there's a VIP spot. Uh, floor up top which is actually shoots right over into the ring i mean it's an incredible incredible view nice nice so what are you thinking menace you think you're gonna make it out on thursday he's thinking uh, he's thinking he's, he's a working man now things are a little uh he's gotta think about other things 
Yeah, he's usually in. He tries to get because I also I also have nine. my boys this weekend too. So it's not like I can go there, muscle through Friday, and like you know, at work, then grab my boys and hang out with them. Then they go home and then like you know, try to pull it together Friday evening. It's like I'm these little guys are gonna just keep just tugging. Yeah, keep talking to me. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I, I know those little guys. They got. Yeah. They got a lot of juice. I brought over for a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, we had a barbecue at my crib, and it was. Uh, they had. A, luckily, my nephews are there too, so yeah. they got to run around together. Oh. They got to burn each other all all their all their batteries out. Wild. Well, one of my favorite memes that you posted back in the day, you were like, "I like to play like games with my kids, and then when they bang bang, and I have to play dead, I just go to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ever, you ever like when they kill me, I just take a nap for forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm alive. Yeah, yeah well, I, uh, I had to, I had to babysit my nephew the other day, and I threw on SpongeBob and took a forty five minute nap. I was like, "Yo, parents, this is not hard at all." Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just got to put the right show on for them. Yeah, yeah, and make sure SpongeBob, it's a marathon. SpongeBob wins. So, yeah. and then Chris, it's been it's been a uh, a minute since you you fought, right? Yeah, it's been about six months, um, unfortunately. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things. You know, I'm at the stage of my career where we got to make the right moves. I needed some time off. I had three fights in seven months. Right. That's and, what I'm saying. Uh, I remember seeing you banging him out. And I was like, all right, he's yeah. going to like, well, this is long right now from what I'm yeah, used they, to. Yeah, uh, they, they came back to back to back. And they were, they were tough. You know, I had tough fights. I didn't come yeah. back to, to easy guys at all. So um, it was probably good to have a little bit of time off in the summer. This is way more time than I wanted. But, you know, it might be a blessing in disguise. You know, my body feels great. I'm really excited to get back in the training camp. But uh, hopefully I have some announcements soon where we can get something going early in 2020. I like that. Um, so uh, International Dennis Bermuda's Day in the town of Babylon is quickly approaching. It's it's December 13th in the Babylon. We're going right. to do a little bar crawl. But we would love to have – I think Chris Wade's going to come in studio next next Tuesday. If yep. you're available, we'd love to get you in here. And then like almost like pre-celebrate – Dennis Bermuda's Day while we do a podcast <laughs> and just really just let the people know, hey, it's gonna be a good time. And so all so all the charity is gonna go to the uh, the veterans. Uh, they need a new roof in Babylon. Okay. So the veterans, uh, what's it called? Dennis a, a, Bermuda's Day. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. So next yeah. Tuesday with with, uh, with Chris, yeah, I, I, I'm into it. All right. I believe it's just the vet the veterans hall or the VFW of Babylon. Yes. And it's right it's in the town of Babylon where the bulk the bar crawl will be. Yeah. It's like right down the block. And it's and and it's also my birthday too that day. It's a weird Damn, how that happens. And that that's perfect. Yeah. Cool. We'll, be, we'll have a good time. And I heard you're local now, Chris. You moved to Lindahurst, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I am not far at all. Yeah. yeah can so. you can, so December thirteenth, you could can you come hang out with us? I'm coming. All right. I'm sick. there. Yeah, it'll be a what good is time. That next, that's next what is that? Not what not is this Friday, the following Friday. Okay. And then yeah, something we're trying to organize is you've ever heard of Great South Bay Brewery? Of course, yes. Yep. We're, go we're going to do like a recovery day, a little bit of day drinking, like or just a, a hair of the horse that bit you, whatever, yep. the next day. Hair of the dog, yeah. A hair of the dog, whatever, yeah, yeah, at Great what? South Bay the next day. What does that even mean? You never the hair heard of the dog? No, I know what it means, but where the fuck, where did that come from? The hair of the I'm dog that bit you? I'm going to look that up because, honestly, I don't know, and I feel like I should. Yeah. Me too. I use it all the time, and I have no idea where it came exactly, from. Exactly, exactly. Like, the dog that bit you, the hair of it's like, is now you're a dog too? I don't. And I know it's <laughs> hair of the horse, hair of the dog. What? Yeah, I've hair heard Hair of it. the horse? That's one of them. Who said that? It's one of them, I'm telling you. No, your fucking drunk uncle probably <laughs> told you that, you fucking asshole. Or I might have got drunk and got the two animals confused. 
<laughs> and just went with it. Rolled that with it. That is awesome. Stan, what are the chances you get to a fight on uh, Dennis Bermuda's day? I hope not, but it's likely. If someone steps to Chris Algieri or Dennis Bermuda, I'm going to be like, nah, I got this, guys. <laughs> I would love to see that. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, if if someone steps to me, I'm like, oh, no, you're good, dude. It's no problem. Then, like, Stan, like, before I could even defuse the situation, he's like, what, man? Like, nah. No. Dennis, Stan, back what, up. What, what, what do you, what's your go-to? You going right to jiu-jitsu or are you going to oh, be dropping Stan, kicks Oh, you're going to – hang on. Chris, no, I've been boxing you're since I was this. a kid. So what I do is I try to talk people off the ledge, obviously. I don't want to fight. Uh -huh. And then people just keep going. So then once we square up, you know how, like, when you get in the stance, you can tell real quick if someone knows how to fight. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I usually just get in my stance, and then I hit them with a hard feint, and people bite that first feint all the time. Mm -hmm. So they yep. bite it hard. And it's not like they bite it, and they, like, stay in their stance. They bite it and, like, yeah, yep, yep. come out with their hands. So once they bite that feint, I just shoot it straight, too. <laughs> nice. I say it's over, usually. Yeah. Well, that usually lands, or I throw, like, a follow-up inverted... <laughs> Straight. I keep everything straight, so I throw like that right right through that guard. <laughs> I hope everybody's taking notes at home. Yeah. Street fighting one on one. No, I don't. I don't. I hang on. I just love busting Stan's chops. And then if I, I have to, I'll go to like a tie clinch. I've yet to really unload any knees, but mm. if we get there, well, you're a tall guy. That that makes sense. I think uh, I think uh, the knees would be uh, would be a good move for you. Tie clinch knees. Yeah. You got that height. And then obviously, like, I, I was always told by, like, my one friend who went to jail and he gave me, like, basic street fighting tips. He was like, straight punches, tie clinch into a guillotine. He's like, that's, nice. what, that's what beats the average man who doesn't know how to fight easily. Yeah. Tie clinch, you pull them down, guillotine them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Throw yeah. a couple knees while you're guillotining them. If you know how to kick, a good leg kick is all you need. One yeah. good leg kick. People don't understand how fucking much those hurt. Yeah. If you kick somebody and for real with a leg kick and they've never been kicked before, that their night's over. Now, their week is over. Now, do you think they go like, oh my, like, because a lot of people, the average person doesn't think like, oh, you're going to kick me? Like, what are, you, what are you, girl? But if you land like, wham, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. oh, shit. Like, you actually know what the fuck you're doing? Yep. I'm, I got to bail, right? Yeah. If I, totally. if I get the chance to bail, I'm bailing. There's going to be a slight delay, and then they're going to feel that deep pain, and they're going to be like, what was that? I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> something I'm I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I've always wanted to do. Like, I used to do it a lot in training. I did it in a kickboxing fight, like a, a teep to the face, because I have long legs. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was always very flexible. I was always, like, before Chris uh, Wade's fights, like, yo, man, you got to not – just don't fucking – Spartan kick it. Just flick it up there. Just throw your eyes down a little bit, and then just go right for their face. Uh, yeah, Chris, but you hit a few of those. If you, yeah, man, I used to, that was like that when I was kickboxing, man. Yo, the straight kick to the like front kick or teep kick to the face. Because whether it's coming to the stomach, the chest, or the face, it looks the same. Yeah, the until the very the end. Yeah, the chamber is the same. Your knee comes up, and it can go either way. I was good at popping up the the front kick chamber and then rolling that into a round kick over oh, the top. Oh, the question mark kick, right? Yeah, that, whoop, 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 that thing, and that, that catches everybody. Yeah, so next Tuesday, bring some pads, Chris, and we'll work. We'll do some warm-ups in case. You, don't, you guys don't have tie pads in the studio? What, what kind of studio is this? Uh, we don't really got room. We'd have to clear out that area a little bit, but. I mean, this could, we can't, yeah, I don't think he's wrong. No, he's not. He's well, not. the thing is, if we had more space, I think Stan would be getting fucked up on the reg more. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like this, Stan, like, ah! <laughs> yeah, Menace is very abusive in here. Well, that's what the people he's want to see. It's an he's a physical podcast. guy, man. Yeah, he's, a... he's, he's, 
He's a lifelong fighter. That never goes away. It's a fighting podcast. And when he says that's what the people want to see, like one person ever <laughs> said, you know what I love when you beat Stan up or when you, you're mean to Stan on the show? Listen, hang on. The stuff that you laugh at in like comic movies is people getting hurt. This is true. I don't want to see you get hurt, Stan. No. No, but you would like to see a little grit or like, <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen it, Algeri. We people love menace beating me up videos. Like every I have na- not seen that. Every I gotta na- check that out. Every now and then we have a guest on where I mess up their name or I have problems with the phone calls and whatnot. So Dennis goes, "How many leg kicks you want me to give him?" Well, you know what? I'm gonna leg kick him for you. And people are like, "Yeah, please do that. Send me the video." Hey, d- yeah. how many more times do you think I need to hit you like out in public before we have like a small montage? We have one now, actually. No, I got a body shot. No, we have body shot. A leg kick, a leg kick. The funniest night is we went to, did we go to MMA? We went to MMA fights at the Paramount one night. And he gave me a body shot. And then, you know, I'm drinking. We're both drunk. The next day I woke up. (laughs) No, like three days later I woke up. And I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck happened to me? And I had the deepest purple bruise on my ribs, like right over here. So Nice. Nice job, Chris. You know the Paramount where like where those stairs like curved down. It's carpeted. Yep, yep. So we were there. I had a beer in my hand, and he was like, "Go ahead." And I was like, "All right." And I was like, kind of home. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't until I saw the video. I was like, "Oh, that's right." So I fucking I dug it hard, and when I hit him, my beer went flying down, like out. The fucking down, down the, the stairs, stairs gone, just disappeared. But I dug it hard, and I'm like, and he walked through it, and I was like, what? <laughs> and he did like kind of one of those, and he was like, then like he like under his breath said like, no, you, you got me really good. And I was like, I knew I did, you fucker, you know. But he was doing a poker face in front of everybody, and then a one week later, he's like, yo, Dad, so I meant to show you this. He still had bruising. I was like, Stan, why did you show us that we had gold, dude? A we week had... later, yeah. still bruised. Professional fighter, fucking body shot. Yeah, I never did that did... in a real fight. <laughs> did, you, did, did you buy him another beer because he spilled it while punching you? No, he then said, yo, you owe me a beer. And I was like, all right, I'll pour, yep. I'll pour my beer in your mouth right now. So that's what we did. And I just poured my beer. And he was, he says he was home. He wasn't home. No, so he I just, said I, he just not. opened his mouth and was like, yeah, pour it. Go ahead. Uh, so that's how we roll here at the menace and the man show. Unfortunately, try to change Savage. my ways. But yeah. this Thursday, everyone be sure to go check out Chris Algieri's event. We wanted to talk some boxing with you, but we'll let you go. We know you got some logistics to do and whatnot, and we'll save our conversations for next Tuesday. Yeah, that sounds good. That we, sounds good. We want to talk about Joshua Ruiz too, Wilder Fury rematch. People dying. No. What do you mean people dying? The fight the boxers who are. Yes. Yeah, and we, away, yeah. that's actually another thing why we've been meaning to get you on is because we want to talk yeah. about all of that, like the the dangers of boxing and whatnot. Yeah, I, I've uh, got a lot to chime in on that, you know, stuff that, you know, especially, if we, you know, with the passing of Patrick Day is a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been kind of I've delved myself headfirst into the into any kind of research there is for this. The, uh, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot, but. Um, there might be some avenues to, to create something, and uh, I'm actually working on that behind the scenes now, so cool. that'll be a good thing to talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so Chris Algieri, thank you for the time. Absolutely, and guys. My m- pleasure. Maybe we'll see you on Thursday. We'll see if we can get Menace out for that one. 
Yeah. Either uh, way, I'm gonna be around for uh, for the Dennis Dennis Bermudez day. Yeah. So next Tuesday, try to clear up a little bit of the schedule if you can. We'll try to get you in studio for a, a yeah, beer we, or two. Yeah, we, we can we can curve the schedule to 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 fit the Chris's schedules. Yes. Yeah, let's get the the Chris's Chris squared. Yeah. Yes. Chris Wade, Chris Algieri. Yep. That'll like be a good it. one. Cool. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. All right. Be good. All you're right, Algieri. You're the man. We'll talk Peace. to you soon. Now, is that. Hang up, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that weird? I said peace, but I threw up like. Is the, this, the, are these devil horns? Ooh, that's like a rock piece. Yeah. But rock, it, rock and roll piece. I've been doing that like peace. <laughs> <laughs> or peace. And I'll do the shaka. <laughs> uh, I guess that it's works. Like, it's like, no. No. No what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. All right, so I feel like we went some good space, some good places yeah, we some with great, Doc. We went some great spaces, Dan. So now we'll just preview this UFC Washington card quick and then get the fuck out of here. You owe Misha another dollar? No, I was going to say, I was just thinking, we don't have a swear jar here, so uh. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, when you, I cursed like talking to Chris. I was like, oh, shit, my... <laughs> Is this still the same conversation? Is Cynthia fighting? Calvio is on this one. Oh. Former guest. Uh, what do we got on the prelims? The only person I know is Trevor Smith or Matt Wyman. We'll just go. I don't know them. All right, so we'll go prelims. Bryce Mitchell versus Matt Sales. Do you know either one of them? I know Matt Sales is an alliance guy. I'm going to go Bryce Mitchell. I know Bryce Mitchell's like I believe undefeated or very highly touted at the moment. All right, I'm gonna go Bryce Mitchell as well. Have you ever trained with Billy Quarantillo? I don't think so. I believe he's a Sarah guy. Oh. Or a New York guy. He's fighting Chris Fishgold. Okay, I'm gonna go Billy just because he's got a black and white pitcher. Yes, I know Billy is fr- good friends with Ravola. Okay. And I'm pretty sure he's a Sarah guy. <sighs> Thiago Alves versus Tim Means. Who are you leaning towards? I want Tiago Alves to win. I just like him. I've met him before in person. Did you ever train with him? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I moved around with him back in the day. But Tim means not that he's on like a tear. I just think he's like a younger kind of more aggressive. Don't give a fuck kind of guy. I think with he's- a probably deeper gas tank. Uh, I could see that assessment, but I think uh, they might be a similar age. I think Tiago Alves was a young blood all those times he was fighting back in the day. And now he's been on like a little bit of a, like a less of a schedule. He doesn't fight as often. Right. But let me see. How old is Tim Means? I feel like Tim Means is 35. So I can't see Tiago Alves being old. He might Tiago Alves might be younger, but he might have more miles on him. No way he's younger. He's like 38. No, he's not. Definitely not. So Tim Means is 35. And Pitbull is 36. All right, so. <sighs> Tim Means is coming off a loss to Nico Price. Okay. But he was winning before he lost, right? Um, No. You sure? Um, No, he got knocked out. I'm pretty out. sure I fought in that card. It was in Wichita, Kansas in 2019. Uh, now he got knocked out in the first round. And he's lost three of his last four. Who? Tim Means? Tim Means. And so has Tiago Alves. Three of his last four. I'm going to go. T- I like Tiago Alves. I'm going Tiago Alves. I'm going to go Tiago Alves. 
Ricky Simon versus Rob Font. I feel like Ricky Simon. <laughs> Ricky Simon's coming off a loss to Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber. That's the only reason I know him is like he was tough and like I I want I want Ricky to make Uriah look better and win right here like in like a dope way. Okay. Okay. So Ricky Simon. Yes, is coming off a loss to Uriah, but that was after a winning streak. And he is three and one in the UFC. But Rob Font's number ten. Rob Font's a beast. I forget who Rob Font just fought and lost to. I know he's a badass too. Yeah, Rob Font. His only UFC losses are John Lineker, Pedro Munoz, and Rafael Asuncao, which are all beasts. Beasts. Top three, four, four guys. He has a win over Thomas Almeida, a win over Sergio Pettis. So if I'm there. a betting man, I'm going Rob Font, but I want Ricky Simon to win. All right, I'm going to go Ricky Simon. Okay. I think he pulls off that upset. Okay. So then main card, Cody Stammen versus Song Yodong. Song Yodong murdered the last guy he fought. Yes, and Song Yodong, I believe, trains with Uriah. I think so. And they're very high on him. Yes. But... Cody Stammen is like he's a you know solid wrestler. He's tough. R- I don't rank number nine. I don't think he hits as hard as Yodong, mm-hmm. but I think he could take him into to some deep water. Cody. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so what are you thinking? I'm gonna go Song on that one. Yeah, me too. I feel like Song is uh. I'm sure that now he has changed recently to alpha male. He's only oh he's only twenty one. Yikes. Song Yadong. He's murdering people. Yeah. I'm uh, not murdering people. What do you mean? He murdered the last guy he fought. Then he's three and oh and four and oh in the UFC. So yeah, his losses came earlier in his career. Did Cody Stamen fight the same guy that Song knocked out last? Hmm, I don't think so. Cody Stamen, I know, lost to Aljamain. Cody Stamen, Aljamain is the only one to beat him recently. He has a loss earlier in his career, a split decision. Aljamain is the only one to finish him by submission. Cody Stamen has a win over Caraway, Tom, Dukas Noy, and Alejandro Perez. So that's a tough one. That's a tough one for some Alejandro Yadon. Perez is who Song just fought, no? Is it? Uh, yep, and Song knocked him out. Yeah, so they did. Fu- they have one common opponent, and Song killed him, and Cody beat him by decision. I mean, you, if you're going to bet, you're probably going to bet on Cody because Song's only 21, and Cody has a wrestling background. Right. Well, I, I think. Well, hang on. I'm just going to stick with. I'm going to stick with Cody all the way through. I think he could just grind him out. Okay. Just don't get hit hard. All right, I think I'm going to go Song Yudong. I'm going to go with the youth on that one. All right. I think Chinese MMA is really making its advancements. All right. Aspen Lad versus Yana Kunitskaya. I'm going to go Yasa Yana Kunitskaya. I'm going to go Aspen Lad. Okay. I think <coughs> Yana Kunitskaya is now dating Tiago Santos. Oh, good for her. I believe. Not that that will have any impact on the fight, <coughs> but just thought I'd throw it out there. Maybe she's got a good fighter in her. Yep. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and this is Stefan Struve's return fight. Yes. He's fighting Ben Rothwell. So both of these guys haven't fought in a minute. Ben Rothwell, I believe, pissed hot Oof. or failed USADA for something. You can't do that. So this will be his first fight in a minute. And it will also be Stefan Struve's first fight in a minute. So Ben Rothwell hasn't fought since... Uh, no, July of 2019. Stan, did I tell you where I came from? Oh, so no. Here? Where'd you come from? The gym. Yep. Yeah. So Ben Rothwell has <laughs> has fought again since Pissing Hot, but he's 0-2 since he came back. So he's, oh. I'm going to go Stefan Struve because I know him. I got a good picture for him for you to put up. Yes, on the, on I've the... seen that one. Oh, so I'll send it to you then. You already have it. No, you can send it to me. No, it's, I gotta go find it and such. But even Struve came back. But when did Struve retire? Earlier this well, year. Well, no, but like the fact that he wants to come back, usually you come back with a uh, a fire lit under your ass. Well, it's like Struve retired on a win, and then is coming back. Yeah. So he was, he fought this year. He fought in February. So he's making his comeback. After and he wants and he wants to come on the Madison the Man show. I don't yes. know if he wants to, but he said he would. Yes, he did say he would. <laughs> so we'll go Stefan Struve. In that I one. say he wants to. Yeah. Marina Rodriguez versus Cynthia Calvillo. You know where my money at, dog. Cynthia Calvillo? Yeah. Yes. I don't even know Marina Rodriguez, but what ranks she? Number nine. And they got Calvillo ranked at 10. So, yeah, I'm going to go Cynthia Calvillo. I think he's going to whoop Marina Rodriguez's ass. That's a girl, dude. What'd you say? Cynthia? That's a girl. Yeah, hopefully she just doesn't have her period this time. Yeah. She's not, not Makes weight. Yeah. And then the main event. Alistair Overeem versus Jarhazino Rosenstreak. So this is a former Black Zillions fighter who worked with Henry Hoop versus Jarzino, who I know is from Florida, and I've seen him at 365 working with Henry Hoop. And Jarzino, I think, is undefeated. I know he did just beat Arlovsky, and that was that fight I told you, just like touched him. And he died. And Orlowski went flying. So, yeah, he, he's undefeated. He's 9-0. and He's got eight wins by knockout. But then Overeem is like the... As veteran as it gets in fighting. Right. I think Overeem started fighting in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. So, sometimes when you're that veteran, when you see someone come up like this that's 9-0 and and has eight knockouts, you're like... Mm. Bet you he hits hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not like... Well, I've seen a lot of people like this that aren't good. Well, Overeem's good when he sticks and moves, like for a big man. But then once he gets hit, it's like, oh, no, my chin. If a fighter's chin is gone, Overeem what doesn't did, have. What did Doc say? What? That you only have so many rounds in you? Yeah. It's true. And he started fighting in 1999, professional MMA. So I'm sure he had amateur fights or kickboxing before 20 that. years ago. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So this will be the twentieth. This is the twentieth year that Alistair Overeem's been fighting. He ha- he has won his last two. After he got destroyed by Francis Ngannou, destroyed by Curtis Blades, I believe he's now training with Curtis Blades. So maybe he uh changes the game up and goes for a takedown on this dude. Oh. Who who are you leaning toward? Who are you uh leaning towards? Come on, Overeem. Negative. Jarzino Rosenstruck. I'm going to go with Jarzino as well. I feel like he might be the next coming of a heavyweight title challenger. So we'll see if we're wrong on that one. It's a yeah, thir- I guess we will see. 
It's a 31-year-old versus a 39-year-old at heavyweight. But 39 is a good age to be a heavyweight. But Overeem does have a lot of miles on him. All right, so we're going Jarzino, Rosenstrike. All right, so another fight real quick before we go that I saw booked was they're going to do Joanna versus Wee Ling Zhang. I did see that. Oh, that's a tough one for Joanna. Yeah, Joanna came out and was like very aggressive. Like I saw people putting up polls like who's going to win this fight, and people were overwhelmingly picking Joanna. I'm like, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah. Similar to how we've talked about it, if you don't have a playbook on how to beat someone, what do you do? You watch their close fights. Like, there's no playbook on really on how to beat this girl. She's won like 23 fights in a row. I think she's like 23 and one. And then I think Chael, or I saw someone say it like her loss is technically an amateur fight, so it shouldn't be on her pro record as a loss, but it is. Yeah. So she's because I think if Karate Hottie fought the Asian chick, it's not going well for her. Yeah. But Karate Hottie had a close fight against Joanna. Right? Um was it not No, nah, pretty one sided. And then there were two moments in the fight where Karate Hottie took Joanna's back. Right. But other than that, it was pretty much Joanna picking her apart. But Joanna didn't seem like the same to me. Well, her aura's gone. Like, she was similar to Cyborg. Like, Cyborg doesn't seem the same now because her aura's gone. Like, her, she's not the boogie woman anymore. Uh. Same thing with Joanna. Like, there's a similar to that. There's a playbook out on how to beat her now. Yeah. Joanna. And it's kind of just what I don't know what you can say Rose's playbook was. Rose's playbook was I'm just not afraid of her. You know, I'm not going to let her dictate. I'm going to dictate the pace a little bit. Yeah. Where it's usually Joanna setting up attacks and striking and doing whatever she wants. And just getting you tired as fuck. Just volume. Yeah. Singles and doubles. But then Joanna lost to Rose, and then she lost to Valentina. So she's, you know, there's some video out there on how to beat her. Yeah. And I think Wee Li Zhang, I think is how you pronounce her name. She definitely has that power. Can put that pressure on her. So, tough fight for her. I'll root for Joanna simply because... No, I'm going Joanna through and through. I'm voting for her, and I think she's going to win. Are you going to go on her post and vote for her? Or when you see... What what are you voting on? Joanna. Oh, you said I'm going to vote for her. What are you voting for? Just to win? In my own tally. (laughs) All right, that's good. So, December 13th. International. I keep forgetting to add the international. Yeah, you're an idiot. It's clearly international. International. Dennis Bermudez Day. Town of Babylon. In the town of Babylon. In the town of Babylon. It's only Dennis Bermudez Day in the town of Babylon, even though it's international. All throughout the town of Babylon. But yeah, I got to check my email, see if some of these people got back to me to finalize some times. But the one I told you, the one spot we won't name drop them, but they were giving me some, some guff, saying, "Oh, Friday's a little too busy." I almost have to go above them and be like, hey, Rich, can you call the owner? Yeah. Because I'm talking to the manager, and he's saying no. So we'll figure that out. So, Menace, uh, if you want to say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Let's get the fuck out of here. All right. Well, see you later. Fucking shut it off. He's going to start streaming again.